Hi, welcome to my podcast, Touching Success. It mostly has to do with special education. My name is Joy, and I have two companions with me. They're both African Greys, and they enjoy participating in the conversation from time to time. One is Sterling, and the other is Jojo. I'm going to start off with a poem that I was given at some point in my teaching years, and I enjoy it and find it funny. So I thought if there is some special education teachers out there or people who write IEPs and IEP goals might enjoy this poem. And so here it goes. Dr. Seuss's IEPs. Do you like these IEPs? I do not like these IEPs. I do not like them. Jeez Louise. We test, we check, we plan, we meet, but nothing ever seems complete. Would you, could you like the form? I do not like the form I see. Not page one, not two, not three. Another change, a brand new box. I think we all have lost our rocks. Could you all meet me here or there? We could not all meet here or there. We cannot all fit anywhere. Not in a room, not in the hall. There seems to be no space at all. Would you, could you meet again? I cannot meet again next week. No lunch, no prep. Please hear me speak. No, not at dusk. No, not at dawn. At 4 p.m. I should be gone. Could you hear what all speak out? Would you write the words they spout? I could not hear. I would not write. This does not need to be a fight. Sign here, date there, mark this, check that. Beware the student's advocate. You do not like them, so you say. Try again, try again. And you may, if you will let me be, I will try again. You will see. Say, I almost like these IEPs. I think I'll write 6003. And I will write and practice day and night until they say, you've got it right. I'm sure those of you who have written IEPs and how to coordinate getting the meeting together and finding the space for it and getting someone to take the notes can really appreciate that poem. I know I could and uh, would tack it up on my wall by my desk so that I would remember that you know, you're not alone trying to coordinate all that stuff and that all across the school district that's going on, trying to coordinate everything. Anyway, so that's the poem. Okay, so let's talk about IEPs. Goals are the driving point of an IEP. Without goals, you pretty much do not have an IEP. And the goals are based on assessments, maybe ones that they've had in the classroom, they could be ones that are based on the current goals that we have because we will sometimes do teacher-created tests to track how children are doing with their IEP goals. We'll go into that more later. Or the IEP goals can be based upon assessments that were done with the school. The triannual information is very important to help with assessments and to see their progress. Triannuals I'll go into later. We call them TRI for short, so now you have another vocabulary word that we use in special ed, TRI. Either way, no matter how we come up with information, we go into the IEP having written goals or have what we call rough draft of goals. The thing about an IEP, just as a side note, is that it is not the final draft. When you're there and you're at the meeting, that is a rough draft. So if you don't like something, that's when to speak up and say you would like to have the IEP goal approached differently 
or better yet, ask the teacher or the specialist, why are you approaching the goal from that angle? So the goals should be determined if they've already been met, if they're already on an IEP. Goals are not required to be met, which is something some people get a little confused. Goals are where we think we can get them by the following year. I always try to shoot for things. I make it just a little bit harder, but set in such a way that they can get really, really close. And then if they achieve it, how awesome is that? But not too far away either. I don't want people to feel like the kids have failed or that the kids feel like they have failed their goals. It's just, this is what we're shooting for. This is what we want to focus on. That's what goals do. Now goals, goals get tricky. There are many different types of goals and they vary per state. And it's important to know that because we have to take the goals and we have to base them on the state standards. You can find the state standards for each state on the website for education. So IEP goals are basically based upon the state standards. Unfortunately, with most of the states, there are only academic goals to work from. It doesn't seem like that would be unfortunate, but when you're trying to write IEP goals for students who are really struggling cognitively and maybe functioning very far below their age and grade level, finding standards to work with can be quite difficult. The states that provide state standards for kids with disabilities make it a lot easier to really align their goals with the state standards and also provide a realistic set of goals to work with some of the kids to get them where we would like them to be. For the kids who are in states that do not have standards specifically set aside for kids with disabilities, you learn to use a few different kinds of techniques to try to work around that. You do what's called unpacking. That's the best one I've heard for it. So you have to write the goal at the student's age level or grade level. And then from there, it's usually too high for some kids. Like I've had kids in ninth grade, but they're functioning in mathematics down at the second grade level. So how do you handle that? English language 2.2.2. And that might be learning to tell what a topic sentence is. Don't quote that. That's not what it really is. But let's say that it is for second grade and the student can work on that and be successful with enough help as opposed to when you take it all the way up to the ninth grade and it's basically write a five paragraph essay using topic sentences for each paragraph. That's gonna be overwhelming and really not possible for somebody who is functioning down around the second grade level. So we unpack it. I've heard different ways of doing it. When we were writing them more by hand, I used to write unpacked goal. I know they're more automated with the computer so I can't say how it looks right now but you can get some training on that if you don't know that that is not an unusual way of working with goals because we do have a lot of kids that are 9th, 10th, 11th grade, but they have cognitive disabilities, which places them down at a lower grade level. Now, something that's kind of new and every district and every school is handling the situation differently. We used to, when we wrote a goal, we'd write an annual goal and then that would be built up by objectives or benchmarks that were done for each quarter or trimester, depending on the school's calendar. Now, I thought I would love that. Only one thing that I have to write, 
and that's it. And it would go into the goal section on the IEP forms and I'd be done. Turns out I didn't like it at all because I didn't have any way to easily show progression on those goals when I was trying to measure them and then trying to write the IEP goal to show the progress as they go was really, really hard. And the goals would end up being paragraphs long, even though they had all these objectives that it could have been divided out into. So I ended up not liking that. It's different, like I said, per school and per district, but you need to find out what your school does. And I do hope for your sake that it is uh, broken out into benchmarks or objectives because it just makes life actually easier in the long run, even though it does when you're starting, it's kind of a pain to do because you don't really have a good feel for how the kids are going to progress through the year. But as you teach more and more, those things become easier and easier to do. Now, goals are not just math and English and language arts and things like that. Those do go into an IEP goal, especially if a child's in a self-contained classroom. But they also have other things that they get because a lot of our kids, they have a disability and they have different needs that need to be assessed. So some of the goals that can be covered is academic areas, like I just talked about, your reading, your math, etc. Technology, so learning how to type, learning how to use a computer with voiceover if you have a visual impairment, how to use communication devices, how to use iPads, all that stuff that makes the child able to access their education easier and easier. You'll see goals on cognitive skills, different things that the student will work on to improve their ability to function. Emotional, psychological areas. I once saw a student who used to eat the paper of all of her friends because she would get mad at them. So we had to work with her on using her words rather than eating the paper. And it kind of sounds funny now, but it was not funny at the time. We actually had to have an aid with her to stop her from doing that and to walk her through better ways of handling her being upset. It was usually triggered when a student would be talking to somebody else and she had the idea that that student had been her best friend and now she was being portrayed. So we had a lot of work that we did with that particular child. You also see social behavioral skills to work on. That is another example of this last student. Communication skills. Another area similar to the last one where we work with a student on how to interact with other people in an appropriate fashion. This is more of an area that I'll have to leave to anyone who's a speech and language therapist to speak up with. But I do know, I did have one student who had a communication board and the communication specialist worked with us on how to use that board with her. So she was successful and we would not get frustrated with her. Self-help, daily living skills, do a lot of that. I have had students where one of their goals was just brushing their teeth after lunch and learning how to do it on their own so she didn't have to have her hand held to do the brushing of her teeth. And at the end of about two years, she was finally able to do that skill. So that was really a successful time period that we were happy about. Physical and recreational, I've had students who didn't know how to play. They just did not know how to play. And so I worked with the OT and a communication specialist and a social skill person and myself, and we all developed different ways of teaching her how to play. We had other students who would come in and work with her with us 
on building the skills to play and eventually just slowly helped her span out her abilities to the point where she could play with other kids. And it was really sweet to see that the other kids were so patient with her and it was great to see her progressing to that point. Transition skills. Transition skills are kind of tricky. You can start those all the way down and they actually recommend it. You first put them on an IEP, you put them on transition skills. Transition skills are very similar to self-help and DLS, which is basically by the time they get to be 14 to 16, we put them on what we call an ITP, which is Individual Transitional Plan. And we start helping them get prepped for learning how to live on their own, which is an important skill. And some kids are not going to ever be able to live on their own. It's just an unfortunate part of their disability. But they can learn to live as independently as possible. Things like brushing, you know, brushing your teeth. Things like sweeping the floor. Things like wiping on the table. Using the microwave for basic cooking skills. Like, I don't know, it could be macaroni and cheese that's out of one of those packets. And things along those lines are things that will put down in preparation of a transition IEP in the future. Now the question is, who should be writing these goals? It should be the person that is the expert or the specialist of the area that the goal wants to address. Sometimes people will work together and write a joint goal, and that's always nice because it means there's more than one person working on achieving that goal. So a communication specialist should not be writing a goal for the teacher who addresses the cognitive areas of the student unless they do it together. And that's really important, and I'll tell you why. I was working in a classroom for the visually impaired as an aide, and the teacher had just gotten a new student in and was going over the IEP. One of the goals written in the IEP, written by the gen ed teacher as far as we could tell, was student will hold their stick by the correct end four out of 10 times. It was the most ridiculous goal that I have still yet to this day find. And I've seen some pretty sad goals over the years that have gone by. So that was a ridiculous goal and it should not have been written by that person. It should have been written by an expert. And I've seen similar things like that. So you wanna make sure that the person writing the goals is the expert in the area that the goal is supposed to address. Now, who addresses them? Who goes through them? Who makes sure that the kid meets them? I call the IEP an IEP team. The parents, the school psychologist, the person who's uh, the admin, the teacher, the specialist, all of them should be working together to help a child achieve all of the goals. If I see a chance to teach a child a new way to use a communication board, then I take advantage of that moment to make sure the kid has yet one more skill to add into their bucket and it addresses another IEP goal the child is working on. So then I'll email the specialist and say, hey, guess what so-and-so did today? It was really, really awesome. And now we've got more than one person. It reinforces those skills in more than one environment. So I'm hoping if you listen to this and you're involved in special ed or a parent of a special ed child that you work also on the goals of other specialists. But the specialist who wrote the goal 
who addresses that area is the one ultimately responsible for the child achieving or getting as close as they can to the IEP goal. But again, like I said, I call it a team. I've always called it a team. And I have actually put on the section where it says who's responsible for this goal, I'll put in other people that I think can help me address the particular goal that we're working on. And that includes the parents. And I teach the parents, this is how this is done. This is how this works. And then that way the parents can help to address that when they're at home. I mean, things like handwriting, parents can help with that, tying shoes, all those things. Those are normally done by the occupational therapist, but the occupational therapist can teach me how to do it. And then I can teach the parents or vice versa, some way to work together on those goals. And I'm really kind of big on that particular thing. All right, the next big deal about IEPs are the goals being measurable. That means you have to be able to collect data on it and not just a little essay sentence of it has to be able to be one out of two times or four out of five times. And I used to write three out of five times on my goals. And then I had somebody point out to me that when I do that, I'm really not giving the child a full chance at passing that goal. Three out of five is a very low percentage when you do the work. So now I do four out of five, or if I want a bigger chance or, or more room to work with, I'll do seven out of 10. Either way, the goal has to be measurable. Sometimes teacher records are just all that you can do, but it's preferable if that's what you're doing, that you create a test that will allow you to measure it steps one through five or steps one through 10. And can they do which steps on their own or do they have to have help to do it? So if you've written a lot of IEP goals, you know the way that that works out. One of the things I'm gonna throw out there just to help anyone who writes goals is this is the best way I've ever been taught how to write a goal and an easy way to make it measurable and an easy way to make it effective and an easier way to get the materials you need to be able to teach the child, like a computer or a tablet or special pencils, whatever that child needs. So basically I'm gonna read it out the way I do it and then I'll go back and explain a little more. Basically it is given blank. So given a computer, maybe they don't have one yet, but right there, you've just said that the kid needs to get a computer and you can describe it out in detail because you can't name the brand. Do not name the brand of anything that goes in the notes. So given blank student will blank. So what would that be? Will turn on the computer and go into word by himself and then four out of five times or however many you want to do it as measured by, and then that's where you put the test observation, whatever, you're used to doing. But if you write it that way, you're getting in everything and it's not long and it's not tedious. And if you need more than that, then you just do another goal. Don't try to make goals complicated because then it's that much more you're trying to measure. And do they meet this goal or do they meet this part of it? Well, they only meant this half of it. That means they didn't meet the whole thing. So break it down. I mean, I've had IEP goals. I've had 10 of them and people just kind of like, oh, she does so many, but I'm like, no, look, every one of these is measurable. If I'd thrown them all together and the kid can put on his shoes, but he can't tie them, did the kid pass or did the kid fail? I do it separate. Can the kid put the shoe on? Can the kid tie them? So that's just how I do it. I recommend it. It's just easier to follow. And remember, 
that you have to align those goals, the state standards. And that is going to be your toughest part until you get really used to your state. And if you have the transition like I had to do to go from one state to another state, that's really challenging. And I really, really wish the state I'm in had those standards of if a kid has a disability, like a cognitive disability or a physical one, that we could then use those towards bringing the child around to the goals that we wanted. But it's not true for all, unfortunately, states. And maybe someday they'll change that. All right, so let's do a quick summary. Goals, unique to the student. It should not be a repeat. I have gotten a classroom where three of the six kids all had the same goal and were absolutely impossible for two of the three to reach. I was very confused about it and I tried to hold an IEP meeting to try to adjust it and they said, oh, well, IEP meeting's coming up and we'll just do it then. I was not very happy about that situation, but I didn't teach there for very long. So uh, the, the, the goals are based on present levels of performance. I did forget to talk about that. Present level of performance is how are they doing right now with which skill? So I'll say something like, um, I don't know, Sherry is doing well with tying her shoes, but she's having a difficult time standing once she's got the shoes on. And then you write the need out. Sherry needs to learn how to stand on her own with once she has her shoes on. I know that's not how it would go, but it'll stand out. Okay, so then that's present level of performance, PLP. PLP, present level of performance. There's another acronym for you that you're gonna hear from us. Goals have to be based on the state standards of the state that the child is living in. They have to be measurable. They need to be written by the person who's the specialist in the area that needs the assistance, the, the area that the child needs to work on. They need to not be too complicated or you won't be able to measure them and nobody else will be able to measure them. And there's nothing like sitting in an IEP meeting going, oh my gosh, I don't know if the kid met them or not because this is such a crazy IEP goal. Keep it simple. So a nice simple way of remembering all of this is that progress and assessments drive the goals and the goals drive much of the IEP. There is more to the IEP to go through and to go over, but this is the chunk of it. This is the core of an IEP, goals. So you need to really focus on that. If you're gonna do research on anything to do with an IEP, research goals and how those are done. Paperwork, always lots of paperwork. You need to document, document, document everything you do with the kids. Try your hardest. I know from personal experience, it is so hard sometimes to document what a kid has done. One thing that I did when I had a classroom was I had a notebook that I kept with me, not too big, and when a student would reach or struggle with an IEP goal, I would write the student's name down and then what it was. And if they met it, I'd circle it and put a big star next to it. So then when I went to write the quarter reports, all I had to do is pull my notebook out, go look for the kid's name, and write down how they were doing on each of their goals. It was just a nice, easy way of keeping it contained. And yeah, you've got all the kids kind of mixed together in one thing, but you're getting the documentation down. And and you can even each night or each week sit down and um, transfer 
their successes onto the data collection plan that you might be using. Always document, make sure it goes into their folder because if something comes up, you need to show that you were working on it and the child was making progress. So I'll end it there and I hope everybody has a beautiful day.